if you take a moment to consider it, modern medicine is amazing, not far it's come. Ships full of settlers used to arrive in America from Europe, carrying the disease smallpox. Today, smallpox has been eradicated from the face of the planet. Other diseases, like polio, measles, many others, have vaccines for them to prevent you from ever getting the disease in the first place. People with amputated limbs now have the option of getting increasingly realistic and versatile prostheses. Cochlear implants allow deaf people to hear. And if you even need a new heart, modern medicine can do that too. But even today, with all the amazing strides in modern medicine, we still can't cure everything. If there was a drug made that could cure everything, it'd be amazing, almost like a miracle. They wouldn't be able to make the drug fast enough to keep up with the demand that people would have for it. But 2,000 years ago, the world did have that cure-all. But it wasn't a vaccine, it wasn't a drug, it was a person. When Jesus Christ walked on this earth as a human being, he cured hundreds, if not thousands, of people from every kind of disease, and in a few cases, even from death. In our chapel reading from this morning, we'll find Jesus doing something that he did very often, healing somebody from a sickness or a disability. But we'll also consider the bigger picture mission of Jesus as well. Today, we'll see how Jesus' word is what makes a person well. Physically, for the man at the pool in Bethsaida, it gave him healing in his body. But we'll also see how Jesus gives spiritual healing to the entire world. We're reading this morning from Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now there was a certain man there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is a Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of God.
Now, if there was anything back in the time of Jesus that could have been described as a cure-all, it would have been the pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem. Located on the northeast side of Jerusalem, it offered complete healing to anybody, just as long as you were the first person to step into that pool after the water was agitated. And that seems almost too good to be true. Now, if that pool existed today, there would be a line that stretched for miles, everybody waiting just for a chance to be healed of whatever ailed them. But for that pool, that was where the healing stopped, in the body. Even if you were the first person to step into that pool after the waters were stirred, your body would be healed, but your soul would still be in the same state. Jesus came offering much more than just simple body healing. Now the porches all around the pool of Bethesda were filled with people in desperate need of help. And many of the people lying next, there, next to the pool likely had no other hope and no other option than to be healed there. Consider those phrases again, people in desperate need of help, people with no other option and no other hope. Do those phrases describe you? Now, I doubt any of us are sick or disabled like the people who were laying next to the pool at Bethesda. But in another way, those phrases describe all of us. As far as it concerns your soul, are you someone in desperate need of help? And when each of us looks at our lives and how our lives stack up against God's expectation of perfection, we gain a lot of perspective on just how lost and broken we are. We can remember every time where we have said or done something hurtful to somebody else. We can remember every time that we have lied, had improper sexual thoughts, or we gossiped, or any other sin that we've had in our lives. But when we look at God's law, it shows us that by nature, our souls are crippled and sick and deformed. So what options do we have then? How can we possibly be healed from the corruption and infection of sin that consumes our souls? Well, for the crippled man by the pool in our reading, Bethesda seemed to be his only option. Even then, though, healing seemed to be just out of his grasp. He explained to Jesus in verse 7, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Imagine the frustration of that man, time after time and day after day, trying to be healed, but always having somebody beat him to it. Healing must have seemed so close for him, but always just beyond his reach. In a spiritual way, whatever a person tries to tell themselves about who they are by nature as sinners, or who God is, it is a lie if it does not come from scripture. And there are many kinds of sinister and deadly lies that make salvation and forgiveness of sins seem so close to a person when they're actually very far away. And the stark truth is that God demands absolute 100% perfection. He demands it from every single one of us. 
And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin, even one sin, is death. And that death is the worst kind of death. That death that awaits the unrepentant sinner at the end of their life is the separation of body and soul forever in hell, where there is only pain, fear, and suffering. So if this is all that people can expect in this life, including us, when answering to the just and holy God, what hope do we have? For that man who sat so long beside the pool of Bethesda, what hope did he have? The answer to both of those questions comes in the form of Jesus and his word. All Jesus had to say to that crippled man was, rise, take up your bed and walk. And Jesus' words were enough, so that man immediately got up and walked like he hadn't been able to for 38 years. In a similar way, this is what Jesus did for the entire world. Jesus came to each believer and has said, I know how great your sins are. I know how black and stained your soul is. I still love you. I came to save you. Don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. I have taken all of your sins away. Your soul is healthy again. Jesus was perfect in every way that we have failed. Jesus kept every commandment of God in every place that we have broken them. Jesus shouldered every sin of every person in all of human history and carried it with him to the cross. Because of Jesus' suffering, his death, and his resurrection, God looks at us and he sees only his righteous children. Because of Jesus, God sees us as perfect. While we're still alive on this earth, there's never going to be any end to diseases. People will get sick, people will have accidents, their bodies will fail, and eventually, if the Lord doesn't come first, every person will end up being claimed by death. But for the Christian, they can have the assurance that they will never be claimed by eternal death. For a child of God, physical death is only the beginning to a much happier life. By his word, Jesus gave that man at the pool of Bethesda healing for his body. But for every Christian, the word and promises of God is what gives health and strength to our souls and brings us to heaven. Amen. This morning we'll be singing verses 1 and 4 of hymn 144.